Nimrod beats Juggernaut up. Jean comes in. She's like, enough. She grabs everybody telekinetically. She's like, stop it. She's like, this has been going on too bad. Too, it's like people are dying. We won't do it. She's like, I'm going to put my friends down. And then all of you Orcus, I'm going to change your mind. You're not going to hate me this anymore. I don't know why she's moving so slow while she's doing this. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> I don't know why she's telling everybody. You know, she got to give a speech, child. <laughs> she's like, everybody's a plan, but okay. She's doing that. Um, as she's doing that, who sneaks into the game? for the final episode of another relaunch sentimental we're your hosts i am yeah. bessie braddock captain britain formerly Psylocke. oh and i am lorna dane aka polaris yes magnetic sh- I, I don't know i was gonna try and make it like a female <laughs> you name but i didn't like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> just stop that's why polaris works yeah, like, <laughs> mistress mm, of magnetism like- <laughs> Boom. That's how we like to do it. Um, how are you doing? I am good, you know. Um, surviving out yeah. here. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting hot as hell. <laughs> Did you see the guy? Does he said we're in the state of um global boiling? That makes sense. No longer global warming, it is global boiling. And yeah, it's been a heat wave. I tr- I think I went outside to the grocery store. I walked there and I was like, oh. This was a mistake. And mind you, I only live two blocks from the grocery store. So it's not a far walk. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's not a far walk at all. And I was just like, nah, I can't do this again. It's crazy. Yeah. The world, um, you know, it's wild. They just said recently on the news that they, like, had aliens. And I feel like everybody were like, oh gosh. So. Like, no one moves. No one moves. It was just like, yeah, we know that. <laughs> Everybody was like, what rents do in like a few days? We're not worried like, about that right now. Are they going to make their move is what I need to know. But it, it was really interesting to see. And it just, you know, they're watching. They're here. We just we just watched Secret Invasion. We knew that. Oh, I, I know. We did. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yes, we did. Okay. Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and get into the updates of the week. Um, not too much stuff going on. First of all, everything is getting pushed back. Like, uh, they just said that the um, Across the Universe sequel has just been delayed indefinitely, um, as well as a bunch of other, like, movies have all been kind of pushed back or rearranged to next next year in 2024. Um, so, obviously, that's because of the strike and everything there. But what I wanted to do was take some time really quickly and just talk about any of our favorite moments that we've had over this, like, last, what, three years? Um, here at AR. Oh, it's crazy. Time is crazy. Fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, reminisce for a, a sec. I think that like this show has been fantastic. I've had a, a great time because this was literally what we were doing already. <laughs> we just changed this to yeah. a podcast. We literally just talked to each other about comic books and, um, yeah, I would have to say, like, talking to all of the creators was crazy. Jim Zub, um, getting to talk to Kelly Thompson specifically about uh, Captain Marvel. Shout out to Kelly Thompson. She's the dope. Yeah, yeah, Queenie. Um, that was really dope. Um, it just, like, I don't know, this, I had a great time. Like, yeah. this was, as connecting with everybody, too. You know, talking about all the rereads and relaunches that we used to do and new ideas for people. The relaunches. That was hard too. People don't know, but it was hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I agree with a lot of this stuff. Obviously, like the interviews, Kelly Thompson, Jim Zub, and um, Jordan Clark, like they were like super cool to me and talk to. Like even some of the creators we talked to behind the scenes, Philip Kennedy Johnson, um, and people like that. Like they were all super dope. And I specifically liked when we read things that we didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because I don't know. It was just something about like 
one thing I've always appreciated about you just in life is like you don't cut your cards. You're very honest and like you let it be known. And just I think one of those things is you just gotta let it be known sometimes. Like I'm not feeling <laughs> it. It's just kind of like funny to me, and I just enjoyed that a lot. Of course, um, like you said, when we would interact with people, doing the rereads was always also really fun to do. I think going back, like reading comics, you kind of go into it knowing that you're going to have to read things a lot of times or like go back and see the story full, fully and wholly. And we read a lot of things that I don't think I would have read. And I feel like that mm -hmm. kind of helped push me out of my comfort zone to start reading more in different things. How many characters did I discover I loved while we were doing this? Blue Marvel, Star-Lord, Enchantress, like, it's built up. Thor, like, characters who I never mm -hmm. would have read before because maybe we just happened to read something that they were in. And I was like, no, let me give it a shot. Or just getting that mode of saying, oh, I do want to talk about this or I need to do some research for a relaunch because this is how I want to see. Now I got to discover what this character is actually about so I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so much rediscovery too. Like I've I've rediscovered my love for Rogue through this podcast. You know, um, there was you a did, time where it was touch and go. There. <laughs> it was such it was touch and go, which is wild because when I like got into comics when I was a kid, I was definitely one of those people where my trinity was. You know. Gene, Gene Storm Rogue. <laughs> it was those three. Whoa, and... the Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, those were the dolls for me. Um, and then you know, surprisingly, people always think that like my during the era where I was kind of shaky on Rogue, they thought it was because I was a Captain Marvel fan. But really, no. Like it was the Wonder Man shelving that <laughs> that bothered me. Um, but I've come to like really like that and just like because I went back and did a bunch of reviews where like we did some Uncanny Avengers stuff and um, just like seeing her again when I probably wouldn't have had the time and like kind of being like, I wouldn't say forced, but like having it re brought up again through this podcast was great. So I like rediscovered my love for Rogue um, as well as like, like rereading stuff now is completely different than how I felt back then, like when it was coming out, a lot of the stuff that we were reread, I had read like once when it came out and haven't really gone back with it. Like the Academy X kids, I don't think a lot of them kids have it. I'm sorry, but if you were to ask me 15 years ago, <laughs> 20 years ago when that came out, like those were some of the characters that I really liked. Ooh, I was so going up for hell again. Say that because I was just thinking about the new X-Men the other day and just like how underappreciated they are and like how they really need to be moving up. And it's like, I'm seeing characters like, I don't know, Albert pop back up in a dark X-Men, go get Hellion. Or the one, not the one that died in Young X-Men, Wolf Cub. Was that his name? I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> That's what I call him. I feel like that's his name, Wolf Cub. That's not a good name. Mm -mm. That's what I mean. Maybe that's why I don't, don't have it. Maybe I'm just cold, but why would I call him Wolf Cub? Because he looks like that. I thought that was <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. A lot of new young, a lot of the new X Men who deserve to get to the places that they needed to go have gotten there. Dust, Pixie, Surge kind of fell to the wayside. I don't know what happened there. That was. She should be a lot higher. The War College was supposed to be her moment, but that didn't really go too much for her. Yeah, that never worked. Um, I also think he's not my favorite, but I do think that Anol has also gotten left behind. A shaft, yeah, yeah. He was he was very much one of the like the few that could have been up there. Uh, Rock Slide too. He was actually making it. He died, so he's Wrong Slide now. But like he was up there. I mean, they gave him best part. I guess that's. The highlight for him was <laughs> to die. <laughs> he was becoming a rock slot, I guess. <laughs> oh, the poor kid. But I don't know. The rest of them, Wind Dancer, they keep trying to make her pop. Yeah. I like her powers. She cool. has great powers and she has a really great personality. I don't think, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times when characters get elemental powers, <clears throat> they kind of get tossed. Storm is the only one who really stays where she's at everyone else i think maybe because they look at them as a pale imitation of her so it's like oh what do i need all these people who can make wind or waterfall storm can do all that ice man can do all that mm -hmm. but i think also like they don't know who to how to use them in combat you know yeah. 
And it's crazy because Wind is like such an easy knife. thing, I feel. But like, they always, she loves her knife, okay? They'll depower and, her and doesn't make her fight with the knife. And the, it's crazy to me because I feel like Wind is such an easy one. You can cut with it. And especially like a character like Wind Dancer who can t- carry sounds over the air. Like, there's tons she can do. Yeah. Fire, not so much. You got to go. You can figure it out. They figured it out with some fire. Check out Rogue's uh, solo from 2006. He would like heat the guns in people's hands. He's very precise with his his abilities and his his powers. So, you watched Avatar: The Last Airbender, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. You remember when they created lava bending? Yes. I always hated lava bending because it just felt like such <laughs> an overpowered, ridiculous ability that can kind of solve anything. And I kind of feel like that's what it is with fire powers a lot of times. Even like the aspect of like, oh yeah, he's melting the bullets and or melting the guns and doing this and blah, blah, blah. like it's just it's just too destructive of a power. Like you gotta you gotta rein that in. I like it. That's why they attack. <laughs> yes, they, because they have that destruction. But you know, some of them can use it creatively. And as a superhero, like some fire. I don't know. That's like, or Human Torch. I don't know. Even he's weird to me. <laughs> well, you don't really like the Fantastic Four, so. He's always, I don't know, it's just destructive. Whatever, that's fine. Fire, I like the power, though. Obviously, I like Firebird. <laughs> but that's what she never gets. And fire, air fire Star. And Fire Star. Fire Star is It's It's, yeah, it's my thing. <laughs> Get back and hear my voice. You're too close. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. She's a queen. I know she's gonna have a problems with Rogue, but we'll talk about that later. She'll be <clears throat> not too much. <laughs> <laughs> Just let it be known. She's so hard sleep with the lights on. <laughs> she should. She should have said, "I am the light." <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think I've had a fantastic time like on the show. Um, I just know that uh, like we may come back, who knows? Um, but for now, definitely going to be taking a break. Um, and with that, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come right back. Welcome back, everyone, to our final. This, this is another week of comics, but it's also, I guess, our final week of comics here. And um, yeah. it was kind of fitting actually, because a lot of books ended this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, a lot of things were done. Um, let's go ahead and get some mentions. We're gonna do like one big issue with the gala. So, a few things. The excellent number five. That was the final of uh, this mini series. And guess who finally made her comeback? Venus De Milo is here. Oh, she is alive. She teleported, I guess, out to like a different universe. And she was like, you know, I repaired myself and she is that girl. She's here. We deserve a mini series of just her next. So that was very exciting. Um, Hellcat number five also came about this week. That was the ending of her mini series. Putting her, we found out who killed the boyfriend and all the things that were going on with her. It kind of still left her in this dark place, which oh. I wasn't really expecting. But We'll see what comes out from that. Hopefully, Patsy pops back up again sometime soon. Um, She-Hulk number 15 also came out. That was the finale of this book as well. And it was just... This this She-Hulk book has been just a huge romance comic, pretty much detailing the story of, like, her and Jack Parsons stuff. And now she's got this new villain guy who's kind of basically, like, the Catwoman to her Batman. So he's like... Yeah, he's like a sexy thief, and he's always trying to get up on her and, like, whatever. She wasn't feeling... She called Jack of Hearts while they were arguing, and he, like, took her phone and crushed it while she was trying to leave a message for him to come. And later on in the issue, there's this big bomb that's about to go off, and who pops down and saves the day? And it's Jack of Hearts. And she's like, Jack, you came? He's like, yeah, I got your message. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, her man. Thank you, thank you together. So that was really good to see. Uh, Action Comics also came out this weekend. DC continued this trend of like Night Terrors. A lot of really good books with like some great art popped up. But the biggest book of the week was the Hellfire Gala from the X-Men. And this gala was the beginning of Fall of X. I feel like we have been falling for a very long time and now we finally hit the ground. And it was a lot of blood. 
Um, I'll do like a, just a little quick overview of the issue. We start out, Kamala Khan is a mutant. We knew this already. We talked about it. Everybody known. It was like Marvel's Well, no, worst she's a human mutant hybrid is what they're saying. She's biracial, excuse me. She is an she is an inhuman mutant hybrid. She has been resurrected. Um, we do not know what her abilities are because her mutation did not activate before the inhuman Terrigen cloud activated that aspect of her. And they say that's lucky because if the mutation had been active, who knows what might have happened? She could have died. <clears throat> but everybody's, you know, they want to tell the world that she is a mutant, and she's kind of like, no, let's hold on to that. <laughs> you can tell people. And she's kind of like, no, let's hold off on that. There's like a way out. I want to do this and like get it out on my own. They respect it. We get to the gala. Immediately, I don't know if it was early or what. There's not a lot of people there. We'll start off with that. But Kamala meets Xavier. They have a few words. We see a few different people going around. The gods that are going to be in Hickman's new series have popped up and made an appearance. Ileana goes to see them. Um, we see a couple of Avengers around talking to some mutants. They're making comments about like Kingpin being on the island and how that looks. We see I Destiny. Like the way, I ain't like the way Sam says that, talking about you know some uh, of my best friends are mutants. What's going and on? It was, and it was a lie. Cause <laughs> <laughs> what you cause mean? It was, like, it was like, who are you talking about? Wanda? <laughs> Uh, but whatever you know destiny and mystique have kind of run off and they're having an argument kate's still on the gate so they bump into her um chimera comes over to kamala and she goes up for xavier so i might be turning around on her i'm just gonna (laughs) let that be known um, but while all of this is going on, the Avengers then get like a distress beacon that something's going on. So they all dip out the party. Rogue, who is the Avenger, also gets the beacon on her. So she's like, I'm gonna leave too. And was like, everybody's leaving the party. What's going on? Scott had to leave because the treehouse was getting attacked. She's like, we need to do something quick. So they go to have the X-Men vote. Jean gets up there. She talks about how Sink and Talon will be the new leaders of Mutant Kind as her and Scott have stepped down. We announced a new team. We get this beautiful shot. Our vote winner this year was Juggernaut, for those who did not know. Um, they made a cute little thing with moment with him and Jean, and they were talking about like all the things that he's been doing. And Juggernaut is one of those characters who I feel like has kind of been in the background of Krakoa, but he's been like doing a lot of support work. Yeah, special series. Like, Legion in Way of X, that little miniseries he had, and he really has had this moment. He is someone who we know has a... Tumultuous? Yeah, relationship with the X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought that was a nice moment to kind of have him come around again in this era. But we get the entire team all together in sync, talent, cannonball, dazzle, frenzy, prodigy, jubilee, and our women juggernaut. They look good. Jubilee talks about she sees a falling star. Let's make a wish who actually it is. It's Nimrod. He kills the majority of them in one fell swoop. <laughs> and then Orcus comes in full force and a battle ensues. It's like just a bunch of pages back to back. That's just like some really great moments of the X-Men gene doing some great feats holding in a shockwave to shoot Juggernaut back at Nimrod. We see the captains, Kanon and Magic, try and jump into action. Magic's powers do not work. Shocking. Uh, Iceman goes full force into Nimrod as well, who Nimrod does kill him. He has like this really chilling scene where his body's melting. He's calling out to his friends, not Beast. And by uh, his boyfriend, well, I don't know if Romeo's his boyfriend. They're just having fun. You know how the girls do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you I, know, I don't know if he's on his Instagram, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, I don't know. He's not getting posted. I mean, he brought you to the party. It's like, oh, don't take my so picture. He might have ended up on a story, maybe. <laughs> That's going to be going in 24 hours. <laughs> um. Orcus continues to send upon the Hellfire Gala with their new Stark Sentinels, um, Omega Sentinel, and what's that man's name? Dr. Stasis, who's uh, also Dr. sinister. Stasis. Yeah, they yeah. come through the gates. They reveal that they've also been messing with the medicine and it can affect humans. So, like, all the humans at the party start attacking each other. It's chaos. Strong guys throwing Kate into the Sentinels. You have Proteus turning one of the Sentinels into metal, or excuse me, glass. Um, Chimera is trying to protect Kamala. Everybody's working. They're going, Nimrod beats Juggernaut up. Jean comes in. She's like, enough. She grabs everybody. 
telekinetically. She's like, stop it. She's like, this has been going on too bad. Too, it's like people are dying. We won't do it. She's like, I'm going to put my friends down. And then all of you orcas, I'm going to change your mind. You're not going to hate me this anymore. I don't know why she's moving so slow while she's doing this. <laughs> but whatever. I don't know why she's telling everybody. You know, she got to give a speech, child. <laughs> like, everybody's playing, but okay. She's doing that. Um, as she's doing that, who sneaks in through the gate? Moira McTag was now like infamous for being the X-Men traitor and turning herself into a robot, which poor Moira, she fell hard. But nonetheless, she comes and she stabs she... <laughs> We'll talk about that later. She 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 kind of comes, she comes through, she stabs Jean through the back with the little knife that is covered in Blight Swill, and we know that Blight Swill, you know, shout out to Teeny Howard. The influence, where would the books be without her? Other words. Okay. Like, where would they be without her? Because she gave them that. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, you know, she stabs Jean, the mutants attack, she gets Xavier, she's like, ah, ah, make them stop, he makes them stop, she tells them you need to make all the mutants leave. While this is going on, Jean is communicating with Firestar while she's dying, she's letting her know, look, we gotta get you on the Orcus, you're gonna be a traitor. She tells her about how the X-Men are falling, how all of these things are very bad, she can't make her do this, she has to volunteer. Firestar is like, I'm in, because naturally she has been that girl. She was last year's vote winner. She's been trying to prove herself to mutant kind, which is like, makes it a very bittersweet, sad moment. A little bit that she's doing this and now everyone's gonna think she's a traitor. And against- Until the they find out the real tea. They'll come back around. The real tea. But you know, Jean needs her to get in there to figure out how Orcus got all of this done and then like spread the word so they can fix it as they do things and try and fight, I guess, because they just lost really bad. Xavier begins to make all of the mutants around the world go into the Krakoan gates. And while he's doing that, Mother Righteous, another sinister lady, is doing some magic spell and she takes that off with her when they all walk through the gates. Um always magic. Ruining the day. Or maybe saving it, because she took Krakoa Atlantic into this magic sphere and okay. saved it. it away. Saving the day. Listen to that. The machines Annoying. are the Ruin the day, actually, if you want to discuss it. But anyways, <laughs> while Xavier was making all these mutants do these things, we see a few mutants that are have been on the X-Men and been around him for years. There's this red triangle of letters that says resist. And we discover that the, this is actually something that popped up like years, years ago in Al Ewing's uh, Avengers run with Sunspot was the first person who he had talked about it. He just used it recently again with Storm and X-Men Red. And now here we are getting kind of like, oh, there's a nice data page about it, talking about how Xavier built this thing with all of his students that if he ever was in a place where he was against them, they had a way to fight back. We get a bunch of X-Men like Emma and those people who are able to resist it. They kind of wake up for a quick second, get teleported out. Orcus is trying to attack. Kingpin crushes someone's head. And that Lord Chantel lady dies. Yes. Grand <laughs> opening, grand closing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nimrod pops back up. They tell him about, you know, Firestar being the traitor. It looks like he has beaten Juggernaut to death. His helmet was kind of squished, which I didn't notice at first. So that was kind of sad to yeah. see. Um, the mutant resistance has started to, you know, kind of amp up. The mutants realize they can't use the gates. We get back to Orcus. Xavier is there. Moira is ready to kill him. And then who comes flying in? Queenie. Anna Marie. Rogue. <laughs> Dark on LeBeau. Did mm-hmm. she say Gambit's last name? Mm-hmm. Good for her. She saves the her mayor. <laughs> <laughs> she rips Moira in half. She sees Firestar. She's like, Firestar, like, you're a traitor. Sleep with the lights on sugar. Firestar's not worried. She flies out. Xavier is like, one thing that my girl don't like is the traitor. Ask Wanda. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give her that. Um, Xavier's like, no, we're taking the Krakoa. Like, I can't feel any of the mutants. He thinks he's killed everybody. Since Gacy doesn't know what's going on, he sends Rogue off. He says, avenge them, avenge Krakoa. And X is fallen. Also, I should note that while the mutants were going through the gates, Magic, who was one of our captains of Krakoa, by the way, who was not able to resist, was going through a gate with Curse the student who, the kid who has like bad luck powers or curse powers, whatever, he was apparently cursing Xavier as he was going through the gate. So it's looking bad for Charles. And as a Charles sympathizer, I'm sad. Hopefully he gets up and figures it out because it's looking sad for him. Kokoa is 
no more. Everybody walked through the gates. He said everybody's gone. And I think he like they dead. I don't think they're dead. I don't think they're dead either. Whatever Mother Righteous did, she's got them in a ball or something, trying to get to Dominion, whatever her plan is. But Xavier, I think he, it's just so sad for him. He's just a man. I think everyone loves to hate him. And I just don't get it. He takes yeah. in so much. He is so passionate about his people and his students. And like everyone tries to say like, oh, yeah, he loves the humans more than the mutants. And it's like, no. If he like, if this didn't happen, all these humans were about to die, who were they going to be attacking? The mutants. He already knows how this war goes. And it's like, I'm trying to avoid the bloodshed here. And I'm trying to save my people. And I have to save my people by saving these people. And that didn't even work. Mm-hmm. This is a man who has put everything on the line for these mutants. And I mean, put in that position, he felt like he had no choice. You know, Magneto did say, watch him because everybody around him is gone. Moira was a traitor. She gone. Magneto said, I'm ready to retire. I don't want to do this no more. Everyone's turning against him. It's disgusting. You know, Xavier's got his back against the wall and he's willing to do anything to still do good. And that's not always a good thing. Truly willing to do anything. He told everyone, all the mutants on Earth to, and what a display of power, by the way. Um, But he told all the mutants (laughs) on Earth (laughs) <laughs> to walk through a gate that he didn't know where they was going. He had to. Everyone was look at look at the jeans bloody or skeleton was laid out in front of him. Yeah, Hair with her hair high. still going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that bundle's still there. <laughs> um, I don't know. He's put in an impossible place. I feel bad for him. And it's it's going to be sad to see. I, he does have an immortal issue coming up in a few months. That's, I guess, going to detail him being on this island by himself and what's kind of going on there. So that's that. There are about to be a string of new titles popping out for the X-Line. Um, Alpha Flight, Children of the Vault, Dark X-Men, Realm of X. X-Men will still be going strong, of course. Uncanny Avengers, we know that's coming as well. So, like, it's gonna, it's gonna be Marvel like the New Mutant. Miss Marvel the New Mutant. It's about to be a dire time for the X-Line, and it's kind of exciting. I don't know. I, I don't know if exciting is the right word. No, exciting is the right word. However, also, I think that if you have lived through a lot of, like, extinction events with the X-Men, as they do have, it can be a bit tiring also. Yeah. But... I will say that I think a lot of really great X stories have come out of the X-Men having extinction events. This to me felt like a little bit like Second Coming, and I was, I love that story. Yes, like, I'll never forget the first time I read House of M. Wanda said no more mutants and then you get to the next issue and it's just the fallout of that and you see like Emma waking up in the school and like they're walking around people don't have powers Iceman comes out we're like seeing mutants all over the world everyone's reacting it's just like damn and then you even read that new X-Men issue which talked about it and like you see all the students waking up and like reacting to not having powers and how that goes on like that, those things like hit and it was like horrible the bus came and exploded like they were getting attacked the sentinels descended upon the school Emma fired Danny there was beef everywhere like the girls be going through it, but it was hot. Yeah, yeah, it was good. You didn't know what was the going drama, on. The soap opera hot. drama was there. Like, the soap opera drama, and I think that's what a lot of books have been missing in the line lately. I feel like those conflicts and that personal aspect to it that like really makes it exciting and really gets you invested has hasn't been there. And I feel like Fall of X is the thing that's kind of putting that back into the line. You're going to see these people interact with each other. You're going to see them with their backs against the wall. You're going to have to see them kind of lash out and like be the people that they need to be because things aren't sweet. They was on Paradise before, chilling, not worrying about dying. Now they can't use their gates. Now Resurrection's kind of on hold. Now a bunch of people just got killed at their fancy party, some of their best friends. Now they can't go back home. Now all these mutants are gone. Now everybody's scattered to the winds. Gene is dead. Again. She told Scott you know, again. She comes in, she uses her powers, and she dies. That's her thing. <laughs> yeah, that's her set of quo. She yeah. didn't get to tell her loved ones, you know, I love you before she died. She did. Time. And it resulted in a really cool Wolverine page, so you appreciate okay. that. Scott, I don't know. He was back in. 
You know, I wonder what's going to happen with Scott with the way he kind of went about rescuing, I mean, handling that alarm in the treehouse and not really winning that fight. I wonder what's going to be happening with him. I think he got captured. You know, when I go back and um, read, like, these X-Men issues, Scott doesn't really win a lot of fights. He's kind of been dying a lot. He does get dying a lot. He, like, is great giving everybody the strategic order. Yeah. But then, like... It's like, oh, it's not good. Stop sending that man out there. Let him stay to the back. <laughs> he do always end up like fighting for his life. Um, and like he's about to do even more of that, that cover with him, and his eyes being removed is wild. So shit. Um, but all in all, I thought there were some good parts of this issue. Again, like, I understand that during events, you kind of have to let your suspension of disbelief uh, belief take over. And mm-hmm. I feel like you had to do that here. I feel like there were some moments during this issue where they're too dependent on specific people's powers. Like, okay, magic can't teleport anybody else out, but like, where's all the others? Pixie not around, Lila Cheney, Blink. You just had a team of teleporters on Sword. None of these people are at the party. Exodus can teleport people. He just teleported an entire like island or to a Mars, you know? Mm-hmm. That was kind of weird. I think it was that they were trying to say that they, no one could teleport that many people at once. Even though we didn't see that the party was packed, clearly it looked like nobody was really there and everybody was leaving too. I think the <laughs> impression was supposed to be that there were too many people for these people. And for some reason, the large-scale teleporters that the X-Men have are magic and manifold. And manifold is like in in the thing. I guess I can see that. It's not true. But again, like I understand. Right, right. It's not true, that. yeah. Like dumb it down a little bit so those are like just very small nitpicks for me they didn't necessarily ruin the issue in any way um but those were just that all in all i honestly think the issue was very exciting i think like the whole thing of firestar being the traitor again is like very heartbreaking and poignant and i think that's kind of the thing that's going to turn a lot of those people who were still trying to hate on the doll and her being on the team that's kind of moved them to the other direction they switched over now i've, I've noticed a lot of the people who were dragging her and calling her all kinds of names, cop, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now they see how she actually is a character, and they she's down her. for the cause. She's taking one for the team, and so we appreciate that. And I am kind of, like, excited to see, again, who's going to be the first people to come into contact with her if she does reveal, like, two certain mutants. Oh, you know, Jean told me to do this before she died. If people even believe her, which I don't know. I feel like... If Rogue already. <laughs> that's but again, she didn't tell Rogue. <laughs> like she if, might, she might touch her to get the real. Oh, that, that could be a good thing. thing too. Yeah, so a lot of that stuff could work out. We'll see how that goes. Um, I think the whole aspect of the X Men being scattered all over the place is kind of interesting and fun. I'm excited to see what happened with Iceman, and because he got a really bad defeat. Yeah. So just melting away. He would. He just probably just evaporated. Yeah, I mean, and again, I, again, we already know that some of these characters are going to have series. Gene has a miniseries coming out. Iceman has a miniseries coming out. So, like, that also kind of lessens some of the impact of it for me. But seeing yeah. the other faves, like Dazzler and Frenzy getting crushed, it was like, oh, damn, that was sad. Because, Frenzy obviously, Frenzy. they're not going to be resurrected anytime soon. Right. They can go back to sit on the shelf like they already were. Yeah. Uh, can't go back to not being used keep her wrong I don't get it she's always almost right there and it just mm. what did you think about the team that they announced um I mean it's a team (laughs) (laughs) it's not a team for me (laughs) but it's a team um I like Frenzy that's crazy I don't know I think that's an interesting team obviously I would remove maybe like one or two people but I'm all about Sync Talon I'm just letting people know that they're fantastic Mm. I love them being the leaders Um, Dazzler's obviously a powerhouse she's a vet juggernaut he's a powerhouse he's been around too the prodigy thing that's for the new X-Men fans Frenzy she always deserves the only one I could really do without is Cannonball and Jubilee 
I'm iffy on them. I think Jubilee's a little bit redundant if you're going to have Dazzler and Cannonball. Don't he got a kid? He do got a kid. He'll be a dad. I mean, um, Frenzy and Juggernaut are also kind of redundant. Sometimes you just kind of got to show they, the difference between them mm-hmm. while they're next to each other. Strength users are never really redundant. You always need strength. I mean, they could both kind of do the same thing, right? Yeah, but like strength, you always need strength. I mean, I'm not gonna argue. It's one of my favorite powers. <laughs> it's one of strength my favorite. Is, strength is like such a like honestly a not Think of DC characters. Everybody got super strength over there. That's all they do. It's kind of we get it. They look different. They vulnerability. You can't hurt me. Love it. But I love defensive love- character. You do love a break. Look at Rose this issue. Tank. How did you feel about her moment? Does this feel like... She finally got one. Like, does it feel... Are you hopeful for the future for her? I am. It makes me interested to see what she's going to be doing over in Uncanny Avengers. Um, It seems like the team is kind of coming together because Cap is bringing the team together to respond to this big attack that's been happening all around the world on different, um, like, politicians. Something to see what she's gonna be doing over there. Um, I saw her still like flying and punching and stuff. Um, so y'all know I love that rogue. Um, and I'm I'm glad that she did finally get a moment in this one. I've always said rogue needs to be fighting robots because it lets her get to use her flying tank abilities and not just touch something and win. Um, or if she does need to touch something to gain an ability or memory or something from someone else. She has to like think about it and work against the robot instead of just kind of touching the robot and being the winner. You know, I feel like I've said this before, but I feel like this issue really drove it home for me that Rogue is just such a superior character when she's allowed to be an adventure. Obviously, she's always going to be an ex character. That's where her family is, her husband, all that stuff, so she can interact with them. But I think when it comes to her being in a book, and like having her job, it should be an adventure. Her leaving with the team to go save the day, her running back in to save Xavier, and even as they're flying off, like, oh, I'm taking you to Steve Rogers because he's getting the Uncanny Avengers back together. Like, this just feels like where she fits. And I feel like lately, especially in the Krakoan era, her place in the X-Men has been kind of muddled and she's been shuffled around. And she's one of those ones who has done a lot of things in the book so she can fit a lot of hats. And so when it comes down to it, it's just like, oh, okay, well, what do you want to put her? And it's like, eh, but you always know that Rogue is a superhero. And like, who are all superheroes? The Avengers. So it's like, even if she's sitting around just hanging in the book, she should always be an Avenger to me. Got the card still, you know. She can always go back over there. I personally like her to be a superhero, but an X-Men. So I like her on the X-Men as they are a superhero team. But I'm also like a big fan of her with the Avengers because she is a superhero. I don't know. I just think it fits. I like, I don't know. That's my controversial opinion. I would honestly be okay like if Rogue was never on a like official X Men team again. If she kind of stayed in the back as a back as she's been doing like being a background character, like she pops up every now and again. But like when she was on the team, it was always an adventure. It just makes sense to me. I don't know if I can go that far. That's That's my take. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I don't know if I can go that far though. I do like her with the X Men, but um, I mean, I love the issue. It was great. Um, I thought Nimrod is my favorite, all-time favorite X-Men villain, as y'all have heard me say <laughs> a lot on this um, show, especially during the Kirkoan era where he's gotten this resurgence again. Um, so this is really cool to like really show everyone how like, again, he's like, the point of him is to be unstoppable and to be a killer. My reason I've always liked him is because I've, I like a villain that has that stakes with them where they've actually gotten stuff done. A villain that succeeded before. And Nimrod's got a track record. <laughs> um, he's definitely succeeded plenty of times yeah. before. So I like that this happened there. Um, I'm sure the mutants obviously will come back, the ones who have died. It'll be interesting to see how they get them to come back. Again, I think that everyone that walked through a gate 
ended up on that Krakoa Atlantic. Um, and this is basically the story on how they consolidate Krakoa down to one island instead of two. And it'll also be the X-Men will have to, probably the X-Men will have to defeat Mother Righteous and her being magical and Apocalypse being magical. I can see Apocalypse trying to go rescue Krakoa from Mother Righteous. And like, that's what his new X-Men have to go do. Mm, if Apocalypse is the one to take her down, I'll support it. Because I know that's how that That's what uh, I'm thinking. I do like Orcas, though, and I think that they have really proven themselves as a credible threat and probably, like, one of the greatest X-Men villain groups that we have had in a very long time. Mm-hmm. I just wish Dr. Stasis wasn't a sinister. Yeah, I agree. I wish it was just Dr. Stasis. The sinister thing has gotten so... (laughs) Whatever. But I would have preferred if he was just a person. I wonder, like, I always think about adaptations, animated movies, games, and things like that. And obviously, I think her is going to be one of those things in a few years down the line when they finally do start doing X-Men stuff gets adapted. And I've been kind of rereading a lot of books that have been going on or that we've had over this era. And it makes me wonder, like, as they adapt it, what will get changed? What will kind of get like mixed into something new? Like I think about uh, Betsy and Rachel, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's say they started doing that stuff and they wanted to do the whole Betsy with the girl thing. It's not going to be Rachel. You're right. That's a good point. She's too complicated to get introduced into the story. So it's like, how would they mix it up? How would they change it? I think about like this Dr. Stasis stuff. He's a really cool, interesting character, but like if they don't make Sinister a main part of whatever they're doing, how would they change they, him? Mm-hmm. Would they not I even do. like say anything about it? He's just Dr. Stasis. I would expect them to probably make a bunch of different changes, like kind of like that the 90s cartoon. Like Rogue wasn't there for the Phoenix saga. <laughs> like yeah. I think that they would actually just change a lot of stuff around to fit the adaptations. Um, and probably edit some things so that it yeah. wasn't so like sinister heavy so sinister heavy it's just what i've been thinking about again like we're as we're especially we're in this era of the strike and like nothing's getting made and so i've just been making me think about when stuff does come back and again watching secret invasion which we'll talk about later and next is just the mcu in general and like what they're doing and what how they're bringing things in how they're mixing in it's just really heavy on my mind right now we're not getting until we 50 anyway so it doesn't matter but when it comes, I need to be ready. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be interesting how they all end up, like, kind of adapting it, consolidating it all. I hope they, when they do Krakoa, they remember who the first X-Men vote winner was. <laughs> <laughs> I think that even if they don't do that, Lorna would be there. Magneto's there. The House of M is there. They gotta have his daughter. It's not gonna be Wanda no more. Yeah. Actually, it still will be. There's I was going to say, she'll still, still be around. Yeah. She'll definitely be there. But Lorna will also be there. They love a little sister. Could you imagine if Wanda was getting this push that, like, Ms. Marvel is getting? With her being made a mutant again? Mm, like, I'm picturing it in my head. I don't like it. I don't know if I see it. I don't either. But, you know, even when, again, Lorna, uh, not Lorna, when Wanda and Pietro were mutants, I was never really on the whole Wanda needs to come via X-Man train. Pietro, I got it. Like, he was always in the trenches. Wanda, no. I just think any story with her or when people say, like, they want to see her with the X-Men, they want her to be a mutant again, for what? She wasn't over here anyway. Yeah. I think it's more like I could see her helping out with some stuff, you know, a cameo here or there, but I don't see her as a, a member of a... She's not on the field fighting the Sentinels. Yeah. <laughs> Could you <No>. imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I just tried, and I couldn't. <laughs> no, she's not fighting the Sentinels. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Um, no. But... I've always <laughs> also been the fan of Magneto having a human daughter. And I've always thought that like that would be interesting because he had this very powerful human daughter who he thought was a mutant when he first, you know, mm-hmm. adopted her, but she's actually a human mm-hmm. who, like, you know, is the enemy, <laughs> according to him. 
And then I like how that played into it. I like that storyline. And again, I also like that storyline better. So we'll see. You know. But that was the Hellfire Gala. I thought it was really exciting. I thought the fall was effective and the issue was well done. I felt like it was intense. I felt like if this was a movie. Oh yeah, instead of very cinematic. Like super cinematic. I would have been all into it. I would have been all about it. I would have loved to see more of like the mutants fighting back against the Sentinels. Like just a few more of them. I, I did appreciate some of the shots that we did get to see. They was were cool. Again, I think I would have just liked to see a couple of different mutants there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they were throwing strong guy and was like, "Look, y'all ain't I was like, while, right?" And it was like, "Oh wow." <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, it was really great. It was really dope. I'd give the issue all in all, I, I think like a, a 3.8 out of 5. I think it was really effective. I think it was good. Yeah, I would give it a 4 out of 5. I think it was pretty solid. Um, we do got to stop using Lorna's powers instead of just using her, but yeah, I would still give the issue a 4 out of 5. The girls do love to. I'm the powers are great. They're great. <laughs> Like they're yeah, useful. They love, that, they love that force field, and yeah. <laughs> I hope I did see a tweet about the issue we were talking about. They were like, "Was Lorna still sleeping in the tree when it was burnt?" <laughs> <laughs> she was taking a nap. She didn't want to go to the party. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, well, all in all, that was the those were the comics. Those was the last comic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead. We'll take a break, and then we'll be back. She's not coming here either. Um, I'm gonna have to travel to see her. But I didn't get to go see her when she did come here because it was a an issue with buying the tickets and then b the venue was kind of small, so it sold out super quick. Um, but the one she's going to, it's not. It's maybe like an hour and a half away from me, so it's not super bad. That's not bad. Yeah, but I'm excited. Nice. I want to hear treat me. <laughs> get it down and body too, because you know that's song, yes. sum- song of the summer. Yes, <laughs> song of the summer. <clears throat> All right, y'all. Welcome back to the watch section, the last watch section of the show mm-hmm. and the season finale of Secret Invasion. This is episode everything six. Is this week. Yep, it's <laughs> everything coming to a close. Um, and this was the season finale, and this was um, directed by Ali Saleem and uh, written by Kyle Bradstreet and Brian Tucker. And before I read the synopsis, a uh, quick. Um, like judgment of the show, this shit was boring and a waste of time. We could have like just maybe wrapped this up in maybe an hour show and been done with it. Otherwise, it was unnecessary. Starting to think some of this stuff is a money laundering scheme. Sure. <laughs> uh, as someone who enjoyed the first three episodes of the show, I agree. <clears throat> Terrible. Should not have been made. I remember a few weeks ago I said I would go back and watch it, and I probably still would go back and rewatch like either that first and second episode. But other than that, like this has been a blip. Like honestly, Marvel Disney Plus, it's not a marriage that works. Divorce it, because it just hasn't been there the entire time fully, and I think that's okay. Just make movies. I understand they were trying to use this to boost up their streaming service, and it worked. It did. It did. They were, it did. <laughs> they were gaining subscribers all the time. It worked. However, the content is just not great. Um, but let me go ahead and read the synopsis. So, Fury confronts Gravik at New Skrullis, gives him the harvest, and asks that he spare Earth and conquer other planets. Gravik refuses before using the harvest to empower himself and attempt to kill Fury, only to learn it is a disguised, it is a disguised Gaia who also used the harvest. The two fight with Gaia eventually killing Gravik. Meanwhile, Rava successfully convinces Richardson to authorize a nuclear strike on New Skrullos, but is tricked by Falseworth into, arrange, into arraigning for Richardson's evacuation. Rava attempts to retaliate, but is killed by Fury. Richardson calls off the strike, allowing Gaia to free Gravik's human prisoners such as Ross and Rhodes. In the aftermath, 
Britain issues a new bill declaring all offshore species as hostile forces and threatens to hunt down the remaining squirrels on Earth, causing unrest of civilian public. Various high-profile officials fear for that they are squirrels. All Force meets with Gaia and proposes a partnership to protect the squirrels against Ritson's bill. After cautioning Ritson about the unrest he caused, Fury asks Farrah to come to savor with him to help negotiate at a peace summit with the Kree. <clears throat> um, she agrees and they leave Earth together. For him to be the president of the United States, he is the most unguarded man I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes. No also, one like, what's up with them being so nasty and like being like, oh, we're gonna kill all of the scrolls? That Crazy. doesn't seem right. <laughs> what, like, what a jump! How do we get here? Yes, also, and like we saw in the in the show, people are killing other for like uh, officials and they're real it people. Was bad. There was so much bad this episode. The CGI, the like transitional Whoa. scenes during the battles, the like. Dialogue was very clunky. The transition just between scene to scene was very weird. Again, the writs and stuff. I think the whole plot looked like how they've been handling the skulls and the reveals of them has kind of gotten really messed up since, I want to say, probably like episode three. I feel like they made it a point to be like, you know, the only way you're going to see a scroll is once you kill them. But then you start having Sonya, she's walking around shooting people in the hand and they turn green. Clipping off, clipping off fingers. <laughs> And, you know, that happens, but then, again, you're trying to convince people that Rhodey is a president, and you just, I mean, a scroll, and you're just sitting there talking about it? Shoot him! <laughs> they were talking what about is the problem? entire fight with Gaia's fight. Like, you've been doing all this to all these people this entire time. Now the time when it matters, you just standing there? Shoot this man! It was just dumb. It was just a bad episode. It was so short, also. Another thing, I feel it was, it was, it was like 20 minutes, it felt like. It was horrible. It was it was a bad way to go out. It was really disappointing. Um, I don't think that they were able to land the scale at which they were trying to hit. I don't think that they made you excited to see Captain Marvel, which is being quoted to be the sequel's secret invasion, and like set that up. I don't think. Again, I think we talked about this last time, where I was saying you could tell that Sam Jackson was putting a little bit of himself into Nick Fury, and it wasn't really working for me that trend continued. So overall, I feel like the fury that we've been seeing over the years is a lot different from the fury that we saw in this series and not in a good way. It didn't truly feel evolved. It just felt like abrupt. And it's time to be done with fury. I think. Yeah, he can go. Yeah, he can go. Um, I will continue to say that I loved Olivia Coleman in the show. I think like she was great. And anytime she spoke, I thought that like she was very commanding on screen. I did like some of what was going on with Gaia early on, this super scroll turn thing, big arm, little head, big head, little <laughs> arm. It was all bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. You just made her the most OP character in the MCU now. Not only does she have everybody's power, literally everybody's powers. Who she was doing well, it all, everything. She knows how to use them. She had Captain Marvel's power. She had the powers of... Um, one of the guys from the Black Order. Um, she had uh, Drax's powers. How she got those and knew how to use them, I don't know. But like, it was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> like wild. it was. It was. It was a crazy finale. It was a crazy, crazy finale. And I just. And did you see the comments from the director where he was talking about the fan base? And he oh called it. He was like, you know, he said Marvel has a very intense fan base, rabid even. <laughs> he was like. <laughs> They always want all of these things and they need to be pleased. And it's like, is it my job to please them? And it's like, whoa. Whoa. First of all, your job is to make good content, which you failed at. Don't be mad at us. Like, it's bad. You mad because we not... told you? Because <laughs> what everybody's telling you, that's why your show is becoming one of the lowest viewed in like the Disney Plus history or what of all the shows they've had. I'm Both sorry. That's not my fault. You should have made a story that made sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's on you and for it to end this way you know i am a fan of superhero stuff in my superhero stories you know i'm not the one that's like oh i hate the fact that this tv show turned into this big cgi fight at the end um because i expect there to be that because i like superheroes and this is a story about superheroes not real people however i expect it to at least be done well um this was just like 
I don't know. Universe breaking, some cool it moments. I guess the Captain Marvel stuff looked cool, but then I was just thinking that I think I only thought it looked cool because it was Captain Marvel. Yeah, it was just bad, and then it felt abrupt. It came out of nowhere. It felt unnecessary. It was just, it was, it was just so many problems with this episode and all together, and it truly, truly was just a horrible way to end it. And like to know that. Well, I guess not, because they still got the Echo show that's coming out. I don't know. That might not even come out anymore, the way they're pushing stuff back and delaying things because of the strike. They might just scrap that, too. So for this to possibly be, like, the last thing we see on Disney+, Plus, mm. ugh. Well, Loki Season 2 is coming out in October. I'm not watching that. <laughs> I don't know. I might still need to see what's going on. Well, no. On. Actually, I might watch it, because they fired all the people from the first one. Right. And everything's new. So this one might be good. I'm interested to see how they handle Kang. Oh, yeah. You know. So, um, <clears throat> we'll go I don't know. I thought that I did think that if I had to say anything like positive about it, I did like the Gravik and Fury scene. Um, Gravik was doing some great acting. I thought he was bringing it. Gravik uh, is high. That. Sorry, I, I love Grant. When they were, when he was going off and telling him like his side of everything, he was really, he was really killing it. Um, and I did. Damn, that might be it. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I also like that Vera stayed alive and that she got to go with Nick Fury and that he has a wife and all that kind of stuff. That's nice. Yeah, that was cute. But again, it felt like you didn't really even need to watch this for Captain that's Marvel. Not... Yeah, that that that's been a weird like byline that's been going around. Or the Marvel <laughs> sequel anyway. Like I do like they say in the Apollo, but like how? Because we're gonna see Fury again? I hope not, not this version. I hope we do something different. Hopefully. But I love Gravik. Um, I liked Amelia's, Amelia Clark's character, Gaia, to an extent. I did love Sonya. I loved those first few episodes where it just felt very intense and very impactful. And like they were kind of like getting to the, when it really did feel like a spy thriller. Um, mm. But after that, it just clicked down. And then we got to this episode and we hit the ground. And it was not, land well. not a soft landing. Where did so, you rate this episode? Oh, like uh, like a 1.4. Okay. I would also give it a, I would give it a 2 out of 5. Was, what would you give the show? The show as a whole, I'd give like a 2.5. I think that, again, I, there were some aspects that I really liked, but like as we started, and we had talked about this, you know, Disney Plus shows, they usually make that turnaround around like episode 4 or 5. This one turned around. But it like crashed <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> it did not click up. I always get really excited about that. You know, that penultimate yeah. episode is always the one where like that's where the budget yeah. is spent. But no. It was like, yeah, episode three, they got to episode four and it was shaky and then they just like did a free fall and start going down. And it was like, whoa. So it just it, it, the and again, things started to get like noticeably worse in terms of the CGI in terms of just like the plot and how it was kind of like so many holes in it. Again, one minute you got them saying you got to kill scrolls, next you shoot them in hand, revealing them. The next you can't even convince the president that this one is one. Like I don't, I don't know what to do. So, not a nice way to go out. Very sad, very disappointing. All the best to the MCU. They've got again what three more projects? I guess Loki two, the Marvels, possibly Echo. Mm-hmm. We'll see how we'll see how all those come out, or um, or if any of those get pushed back either. Who knows? Who knows if any of the actors will be able to promote them by the time those come out? Um, because you know everybody's on strike. But I also would have probably given this the series a two point five. It was all right. I will never watch it again. Um, but that brings us to the end of the show. Um, this is the last episode. So oh, this is all sad. But um, you can find our Twitter and Instagram still on at another relaunch. You can especially find us um, mm-hmm. out there. We'll still be on social media separately. Um, my social media is at Uncanny LZ. I'm still trying to change my PSN to that. It's still taken, but 
I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to add an underscore. So whoever you, you are, they see are. if the person like is active on it. They aren't. You should, you should like email somebody and tell them to delete the account. Get, your, get a I nice might. little white woman email together. Have to do that. Put a pearl set on. Get a mm-hmm. white woman to email out. Mm-hmm. And just like that, you're right. McKinney, where can they find you? As always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lance or X now. I think it's called that. Yeah. They made the switch. And we'll see how that goes. And spill Keenan Lance there too if you got one of them. Okay. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, let's get up out of here and you can find us online now. Peace.